Hi guys, welcome to Empower. My power, your power, our power. In the world of fine dining, molecular gastronomy, and artistic interpretation of food, Mr. Zoravar Kalra needs no introduction. Founder and MD of global restaurant chain Massive Restaurants, Zoravar has wowed not only Indian but global audiences by his restaurants. From entering the prestigious Michelin 2020 guide for his buzzy Farsi cafe in London to being a jury on MasterChef India, he's a well-known face and a well-respected brand in his own right. I'm absolutely delighted to have him on my podcast today. So without further ado, let me introduce to you my dear friend, Zoravar Kalra. Welcome, Zoravar. Hey, Minakshi. So good to see you after so long. I know. It's been ages and then thank you so much for being here. Thank you and thank you for that overly uh, generous <laughs> and unfairly generous, I must say, no, no, it's, introduction. It's you were too kind. It's the truth. Too kind. So, wow, the word restauranteur doesn't cut it. I mean, you're so much more than that. You've been known as the czar of Indian dining. Please give us a snapshot of your incredible journey. Firstly, I don't think I can lay claim to these, you know, these incredible titles. Uh, my dad was definitely the czar of Indian food. Um, I don't think I can lay claim to anything of that nature, but uh, definitely the journey has been extremely rewarding. I sometimes pinch myself and I feel that, do I really deserve, you know, um, this? Because what I truly enjoy about this journey is that I've loved every bit of it. Of course. So, obviously, the destination is still far away. Mm-hmm. We all have big, hairy, audacious goals. Yeah. My goals are also, I'm an ambitious guy, so I have crazy goals, but the journey, if you don't enjoy the journey, yeah. and you're just chasing the destination, yeah. then the journey won't be fun. Absolutely. So it's been enjoyable. It's been, this is the only thing I can ever see myself doing long run. Yeah. No, you know, and you're amazing at it. So, yeah. And it's something that helps you create. So it gets your creative aspect out. The journey has been full of, obviously there have been challenges. Yes. <clears throat> We're in a very high risk industry yeah. um, hard work a lot of hard lot work of hard long work. hours yeah i mean week i don't even know what a weekend is <laughs> my weekend starts on monday absolutely where everybody else is yeah, working because weekend is peak business it's time peak business well. time yeah. and we're just in so many geographies the time zones are such that you you never really can switch off okay. but i think that's part of the life of an entrepreneur yeah so as you mentioned your father that was actually my next question that taking it <clears> back a notch your father jigs kalra was a powerful name within the restaurant business he was well regarded as a taste maker to the nation. How are you building on that amazing legacy? I'm very lucky, firstly. I'm very, very fortunate to have received that mm-hmm. because it's one of those things that, you know, few people are able to get. My father, and I have no qualms being in his shadow, by the way. Mm-hmm. I, I have no qualms at all. I, I my feel father, you're far beyond. You're not in any shadows you know, now. You're doing so well. <laughs> I don't mind being in his shadow because, you know, he's, uh, he and I had a very, very good relationship. And mm-hmm. when he passed away, in 2019, mid 2019, I, it was probably one of those day, those times that I felt uh, like you know his hand is lifted off my my head in a way, you know, metaphorically speaking. And I can understand. It was um, no the loss of a parent at any age is hard, and um, it is you know he was such an incredible human being. He gave me my work ethic. He gave me my sense of responsibility towards Indian food. He gave me my sense of patriotism. Most importantly, he gave me my sense of meticulousness. Nice. My father was the most meticulous man you can ever imagine. He always told me, you take care of the details and everything else will take care of itself. Absolutely. So all those cool things that, you know, that, that actually guide you in your life and mm-hmm. the things that really make a difference, I learned from him and from my grandfather. So these were um, incredible people that have had a huge impact on my life. And I think 
being in his legacy, or rather trying to take his legacy forward, being in his shadow, trying to take his legacy forward is high pressure, but I think it also puts that little bit extra effort okay. in whatever I do, because that pressure for me is actually uh, a fuel okay. rather than a, you know, rather than a deterrent. Yep. It's actually a propellant. Yeah. So I like the fact that... Pushes you to do better and bigger things. His yeah. legacy is incredible. What he did yeah. for Indian food is unparalleled. Absolutely. Nobody loved Indian food more than him. Nobody did yep. more for Indian food than him. And I think it's one of those things that I feel um, honored to bear his name after mine. Wonderful. So tell me, which of your amazing variety of restaurants is your favorite and why? I know it's like picking a child, Can't but but to try or or just Can't do it. talk um, to you. <laughs> um, I can definitely say that the flagship for our company will always be Masala Library by Jigs Kalra, simply mm -hmm. because it's the only restaurant in our company that bears his name. I love the food at the door, <laughs> and it is uh, it has become an institution in in Mumbai, and is um, uh, we're going to be now opening soon in Delhi as well Wonderful. as in Dubai. So I think it's, and we're opening a fourth one now in um, JW Merritt, Bangalore. Oh, lovely. So it is our flagship brand. Okay. There are only going to be three in India, ever. Mm -hmm. Bombay, Delhi, and Bangalore. There's not going to be a fourth one. And then we're now opening in uh, a Fairmont in Qatar, which is the world's biggest and most expensive hotel. Wow. So we're going to be opening at the Fairmont uh, in about two, three months. Congratulations, in, more in power Qatar. to you. Yeah. <laughs> so that remains, so I, like I said, I cannot say that I, that I, like it especially more than any of your other any of our other babies but it is your flagship but it's a it. flagship and yeah. it has that little bit extra for us because it has mr kalra's name on the door of course <laughs> so tell me you opened your amazing farzi cafe in london which has some unbelievable concepts including a notable cocktail menu with zodiac sign inspired cocktails what would you say is the new requirement for restaurants today food experience or both no, no, it's it's not just the food of the experience. It's so much, so much more. It's the restaurant business has about four or five major cr criteria that you have to take care of if you want to ensure success. Or you really cannot ensure success even then, but you can definitely have a higher chance of success if you do these three or four things right. And definitely, food and and you know, drink is one of them. But it's just you know the ambiance, the vibe, the location, the service standards. You know the way you feel when yeah. you enter a restaurant, the way you're treated. Absolutely, you know, I agree. And I if always you're treated remember, warmly, yeah. and if people remember your drinks, yeah. and if you, see, you feel a sense of... The customer service. Homeliness. You know? yeah, if you yeah. feel warmth, yeah. warmth is the key. If you feel warm in a restaurant, you will always come back, even if the food is not as good as your favorite place. But if your favorite place has great food but poor service, you'll go to your favorite place perhaps a little bit lesser, yeah. even though you enjoy the food more. Yeah. So it's a combination of all these various factors that go in, and it's such a complex balance it's a very intricate sophisticated complex balance yeah. of all of these things and you can never say which has a higher weightage because for you the ambience might be more important for me the cocktails might be more important and for sure. our friend it could be the ambience yes. uh, sorry it could be the service it could so be the or the food so i think for all of us it is about what clicks in a restaurant how it makes us feel and what memories we take back with us how beautifully put honestly so Tell me now, of course, the pandemic has affected businesses. How has it been for you? And what would you say should be the operating strategy for restaurants, especially smaller ones who are grappling with the impact of closures? I mean, we have a lot of listeners who look up to you, who may be, you know, in the food and hospitality business. And what would you say, like reduced operating hours? How, of course, all that affected it. Any advice you would like to give or feedback? 
lots of advice that I would like to give to burgeoning entrepreneurs, to uh, people that want to get into the industry. And I want to give words of advice and words of caution because it is a unique time that we're living in. Yeah. So the pandemic has been brutal for the industry. Yeah. Uh, along with aviation and hospitality, I think restaurants have been hardest hit. We have had um, an existential crisis. It's a crisis that pretty much played with the very existence of the industry. And you have to understand that within India, within the Indian context, restauranting is an industry. We're the second largest employer of human capital in India after agriculture. 7.8 million people at last count. Wow. We're almost between 2 and 3% of India's GDP. We're mm -hmm. a $2.9 trillion economy. 2 to 3% of that is a huge, huge chunk. Huge. It's a huge amount of um, importance in the financial sense and the fiscal sense. And in general, it's an industry that has always been full of risk. Mm -hmm. There's always been a high failure rate, mm -hmm. usually 90% and above within 12 months okay. and 96% and above within 18 months. So yeah, you're that's why you see so many places closing very soon if they don't do well, right? So the barriers to entry are low. Anybody with a little bit of money thinks they can open a restaurant, but it doesn't work like that. It's a very complex business. A lot of gaps, a lot of holes that you need to plug, a lot of systems you need to incorporate, a lot of training, and it's not a glamour business. It's yeah. anything but that. It's hard, hard work, hard like I said. Business, I it's a tough business, it's highly competitive, mm -hmm. it's cutthroat in some cases, and, like and it's said, very so complex. You need a lot of structure, like you said. You, you need know, systems, you need processes, Absolutely. you need people, you need it. As with any other business in the world, the number one thing is your people capital, right? Your person. The Team persons work. that run the yeah, company absolutely. are the ones that are responsible for either the success or its failure. So in general, it's been brutal. Mm -hmm. But I think what, so that's the negative part. Let's talk about a little bit of the positive yes. part. There's always a silver lining. There's always a, yeah. you know, an opportunity within every crisis. And the opportunity that we as an industry have gotten is that we've been able to press a reset button. Mm -hmm. It's like a computer resetting. All the programs, all the faulty programs were the, that were there in the memory have been wiped clean and the rest and the, yeah. and the restaurant industry has <laughs> had a reboot, yes. right? So in that sense, I think we all have understood that the cost structures were, uh, were ridiculous. They were not logical, they were not in tune with uh, revenue generation. Mm -hmm. So I think a lot of us have been able to look at every line item of the PNL, look at all our costs, including personnel, including food, including rents, and we've been able to rationalize those. Sure. And this whole process of re-looking at everything, because you're facing an existential crisis, has given us the, you know, the kind of courage to go ahead and take those hard decisions that we were never able to take earlier. Okay. For example, letting go of people is the hardest thing in the world. Yeah. Nobody likes doing it. Yeah. I, it's the hardest thing for me to do, and I barely ever do it. Yeah. But during the pandemic, everybody had to let people go, or at least put them on furlough. Sure. We didn't really get let anybody go, but we let uh, we had to put people on furlough eventually mm -hmm. after a few months. Yeah. So that's a hard decision we had to take. We would not have taken had the pandemic not hit. Our food cost controls, we were running at a very high food cost. Mm -hmm. After retooling ourselves and doing a better analysis of the whole process, we've been able to reduce our food cost itself, food and beverage cost, by 6 to 7%. That's six to seven percent extra profit in the books. Of course. We've also been able to look at corporate costs. Mm -hmm. I mean, we had way too many stupid luxuries built into the system that we didn't need. By rationalizing that, we at Massive have been able to reduce our corporate SGNA by 66 percent. Great. So we're down to 33 percent of our original cost, mm -hmm. and the revenue is around 70 to 80 percent of pre-COVID numbers. So, I th what's happening is that we have been able to retool and rekit, sorry, rekit and and retool ourselves, mm -hmm. and we've been able to come up with. Um, a more long-term, leaner industry mm -hmm. that will be able to now perhaps come out of this stronger and once things normalize, will actually become 
better from a profitability from a profitability perspective than it was even earlier. Yeah, so that's great advice for even smaller restaurants or starting restaurants or you know. So tell me what's next for massive restaurants? <laughs> a lot of things happen, but before I answer that question, I want to go back to the advice that I like to give oh, sorry, to the people yes, that were do. because that's I think what people will want to know. So I think for all those people that are out there mm -hmm. trying to open a restaurant now, I think my advice is well, firstly, get into it for the right reasons. You know, being an entrepreneur is like jumping off a cliff and building an aircraft on the way down. <laughs> you know, there are always a we thousand reasons. A <laughs> with or without a Well, if you have an aircraft, then you don't need a yeah, parachute. Yeah, but you're but building it. No. Yeah. <laughs> so it is a challenging, challenging uh, uh, field to be an entrepreneur. And then especially in the restaurant business, it's, it's harder. But it's also very rewarding. So I don't want to dissuade people. Definitely, by all means, take that step if you're really passionate about it. But don't consider it to be an extension of your drawing room. Right. Don't get into it, it for glamour reasons. Yes, it is a business. Get into it's it to work. make a hardcore business or get into it to build a concept that you're passionate about or a cuisine that you're passionate about. Absolutely. And if that's what's driving you, then you will come out successful because it's one of the most rewarding industries yeah. to be in as well. Yeah. And once you get it right and you get the formula right and get your systems right and you get your fundamentals right, it is great to keep expanding and all of that. But right now is not the time to expand um, foolishly. Tread with caution, be, be tepid, be risk averse at this point in time. Do not take unnecessary risks, make sure the rents are in, under control, make sure you're not overspending in the capital. Build a restaurant that's preferably smaller, that you can run at even with 50% capacity because that might continue for some time sure. uh, uh, as the norms are. So I think that's my advice, just take it easy, definitely get into it but don't jump into it. Yeah. Do your math, do your, do your numbers, make sure you open smaller restaurants. Mm -hmm. You know, smaller menus and, and, and smaller rents. Sure. Thank you for that. I'm sure all our listeners would really appreciate all the good sound advice based on all your amazing experience, really. So you said in an interview that there are more restaurant openings on the cards. You just mentioned a few. Uh, what's next besides this? Personally, for you or for massive restaurants, anything you'd like to reveal? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Why not? You're my friend, so I can reveal things to you. <laughs> Thank and, you. Um, I think what, what's the past one month has been hectic. We opened four restaurants. We opened Swan, where we're sitting right now. We opened the Bowtie Switch. Thank you, thank you. We opened Bowtie Switch in Shangri-La in Delhi. We've opened uh, Plus 94 Bombay okay. in Palladium Mall in Bombay, which is a very nice Sri Lankan and Maharashtrian cuisine Ooh, restaurant. Oh, I must go try. You will love it. Yeah, when it's I'm back it's home, really, yeah. really yum food and built with passion. A young team. Yeah. I've literally stayed out of their way. They've done what they had to do. And they've, I think, come up with a very good product. Oh, nice. And then we opened Farzi Cafe in Dhaka oh, in Bangladesh, which fabulous. is now our eighth country now that we're in. Mm -hmm. And our, I think it's our, um, te uh, is it our 10th or 10th or 11th overseas restaurant? So, I'm so proud uh, that our you. Indian restaurant chains are expanding all over the world, you yeah. know. So, so yeah. yes, please. Yeah, so that's what, and then next what we're also working on a little bit is towards our online side of things. Our online delivery is um, becoming a crucial part for, mm -hmm. the, for the industry as a whole. Yeah. It's also one of those things that comes naturally to us because we are a food-based company more. Mm -hmm. Most of our revenue comes from food rather than liquor. So, you know, building brands for cloud kitchens is not that hard for us. It's a lo logical extension right. for us. So we're working on that and we're introducing something very cool called uh, butter delivery, okay. which is actually the opposite of what the whole world is moving towards. The whole world <laughs> is moving towards healthy and light yes, and vegan. Right. And uh, we're unapologetically about rich yeah. Punjabi food. The taste. I know. Just about 
just about the, the food is literally <laughs> 10 items on the on the menu butter chicken butter dal butter tandoori uh, butter paneer masala oh, butter naan butter garlic naan butter dal and here is just these 10 items on the menu unapologetically buttery but dad's original recipe so very very oh, wow. pure very very ingredient focused mm -hmm. and just very very you know rich but lovely yummy heartwarming i can't wait to try it's this most comfort, <laughs> it's the most comfort delivery thing it's the most comfort menu comfort food delivery absolutely. or not we've ever made yeah comfort food so that's i always say that that's what that. i crave you know i used to have friends who would always order egg white omelets late night and i would always order butter chicken ah. and then they would all eat my food and I'd be like don't touch my food <laughs> because i'd rather work out yeah. the next day yes. but eat so what i love what you like. yeah right. that's true yeah so that's fabulous. So how do you unwind? Tell us about your hobbies. I know racing is one. You have to. I'm going to have a sip as well. <laughs> Cheers. I am. Um, so a lot of ways to wind down. Like you said, you mentioned racing. That's one thing I really enjoy is mm -hmm. racing. And uh, I like to go to the boot circuit. Mm -hmm. And I like to really push you know, myself to the limit. Because I think I genuinely believe growing up, that I was very good at driving. Okay. I genuinely believe that I, if if I pursued it, I could have become a you know international level driver. Oh, but I never Formula got into one. it. Yeah. That's what I wanted to do. For my whole life, I wanted oh, to be wow. a Formula One driver. But then you know life catches up, and you're not able to do what you want to do. Yeah. The, to be honest, restauranting for me is just as much a thrill. Mm -hmm. So going down a, you know. Uh, I can see the passion. I can see the sparkle in your eye when you speak about it. I love it. Going down a straight at 300 kilometers per hour or opening a cool new restaurant for me are both equally thrilling. Yep. So um, I'm doing the next, but not even the next best. I'm, I would say the equally best thing that I would li I'd like to do. So winding down for me is occasionally that, but that you can't do every day. You can't go and race yeah, every day. Absolutely. The boot circuit is still one and a half hours away from where I live. So um, the other winding down, I would say, is obviously spending a lot of quality time with my kids. Mm -hmm. I have two kids, a boy and a girl, and they, are, they take up most of my time when I'm home. And then, of course, I like gadgets. I like electronics. I like building PCs. I have a monster PC that so I've typical built. typical boys with toys. <laughs> I mean, just think about it. The cars, the gadgets, cars and I the love gadgets. it. That's all that I enjoy. Fantastic. And, and time with my kids, of course. How lovely. So tell me, how was it being a judge on MasterChef? I mean, fabulous. <laughs> it was uh, an incredible experience. Mm -hmm. And I think if should one get the opportunity, they should definitely take that three months off. But it's three months that you'll have to give it completely. You'll have to fully commit mm -hmm. because you cannot be running a business on the side and doing MasterChef. Correct. It's a 12 to 14 hour shooting schedule, 200, 300 people on the crew, traveling to various countries, and there's a lot of passionate people involved. Mm -hmm. There are these passionate home cooks yeah. who are depending on you and your inputs to get better Correct. and to perhaps win the competition. So it was an extraordinary experience and I would definitely do it again but I will have to plan a lot more this time because <laughs> taking three months off now is... You were so good. You were like a natural on TV as well. I mean, yeah, I thought... Amazing. So that's what the, the team also at Endemol told me that that they found uh, found as if I have done this before, which yeah, I obviously hadn't. Yeah. Uh, but I was, I'm good at remembering lines and there was... The good thing about MasterChef is there's not much remembering of lines except for the intros and some of that stuff. Absolutely. Most of it is very extempore. Like when I eat the dish, yeah. I cannot pre-calculate. It's your reaction. It's, your it's my reaction. actual reaction. Yes, actually. So I need to know the food. Mm -hmm. And I'm a very harsh critic, but I toned myself down, to be honest. <laughs> People still think I was very, very tough, and I was tougher than the other two. Right. Maybe so. But I really think that if you don't push people, they won't reach excellence. Yes. I personally believe that. And uh, although I was not rough, 
as you know, somebody like Gordon Ramsay or somebody. <laughs> I was not even 10% of that. But yeah, I do believe that. And, but, but what I saw, what opened my eyes is the true level of talent that exists in this country. Right. The kind of passion that people have for cooking and the kind of drive and commitment they have towards their craft. And that's what opened my eyes. The level of talent is extraordinary. And that's what made me proud about my country and my, and my country people even more. Nice. So tell me, are you exploring any more television formats? Or focusing on just the expansion of restaurants? I would like to do a Netflix series, to be honest. I, I'm I a big too. fan. <laughs> we should do something big, together. Yeah, we should. I am a big fan of Netflix, even though yeah. I don't get much time to watch it, to be honest. Mm -hmm. Because I have very long days. Uh, but I just love the content that they create. Amazing. I find that it matches my way of thinking, the way I, the, my taste. Yep. Netflix content matches my taste. So I think that's why I would like to do a series. Uh, maybe something around the culinary gems of India or something like that. That's nice. something I've been working on, but again, I just don't have the time to actually, you know, put into it to make a, yeah. you know, whole again, yeah, that's presentation for it. Or yeah. no, it won't be a full. The good thing is that no, it'll I mean, be at the my time schedule. You devote, yeah. yeah, you'll have to travel. Yeah. So those, the good thing about shoots like that, where I'm perhaps going to be individual and not a 300 people shoot, is that I can still mold it to my schedules, right? Absolutely. But a big shoot like MasterChef, biggest TV show, in, yeah. biggest food show in, in the country, you do, you you have yeah, to be. You have to go along planned. with everybody's You have to schedules. go along with everybody's yeah. schedule. So yeah. Yeah, so I'm sure it's going to happen. <laughs> yeah, so, so. So, so tell me now my favorite part. Let's have a quick rapid fire round where you need to answer quick and fast. Okay. okay. Wine or water? Water. Okay. Yoga or gym? Gym. Ooh. Dream location for your dream restaurant that you haven't a, done yet? On a cliffside in Monaco. Oh, fabulous. Home food or eating out? <laughs> eating out any day. <laughs> okay, Netflix and relax or party till the wee hours? Party. Oh, <laughs> nice. Three guests that you want to see in your restaurants in 2021? Three guests. Mm -hmm. You and Kunal. So I'll count that as one. Oh, okay, because you haven't been to one of my restaurants soon. And that, I mean, that, that in recently. A while, yeah. I would love to get um, Faye, um, Faye from London. Mm -hmm. She's uh, one of the best food critics in the world. I would love to have her over. Lovely. And and I, I know this man has now recently, unfortunately, passed away, but he's, without a doubt, my biggest mentor. Not a mentor, but he didn't really know me, but I've had conversations with him. But he's the one that I that inspired me the most about the business, Anthony Bourdain. Oh, And he yes. passed away. So I would have loved Fantastic to see him. Chef. Yeah. But I cannot give a wish list of people that I would like to visit my restaurants <laughs> without mentioning him because he had a deep impact oh, on, on my mind and the way I think about the business. Really nice. Thank you for that. Thank you for sharing that with us. So last but not the least, what's the one thing your weekend is incomplete without? A brunch, Sunday brunch. Oh, nice. I, I can't do without it. And I, and I especially have fond memories because that's the time that I use every week to connect with my parents. Mm -hmm. We used to go out for a Sunday brunch, somewhere or the other, different places, but sometimes my dad was specific about certain places. And that was the time that those two, three hours that I could spend with my family and with my parents. And it was really good family time because any other day of the week I was either traveling or not available. Correct. So tell me, do you carry this legacy on now with your yes, kids? Yes, I yeah? do. And that's like the one. <laughs> I mean, Sunday brunch is one of those happy, happy times. And I urge all people that are, especially yeah. if you're busy. We do the same. Especially yeah. if you're busy. Take out that Sunday, two, three hours. Family day. Have a few champagnes or mimosas. <laughs> yeah. And um, spend that time with your family. Fantastic. And over good food. Of course, always in one of your restaurants, preferably. Hopefully. <laughs> yes. 
So thank you so much, Zoravar. Thank you for opening up about everything so beautifully, even your personal life, about your dad, your kids, and of course the business. And more power to you. I am sure you're going to conquer the world with your delicious, delicious food and hospitality and your nature as thank well. Thank you so much. You're thank so you for kind. And <laughs> thank you for these wonderful words. I don't know if I want to conquer the world, but I definitely want to put Indian food on the global palate. And, and that's what drives me every day. Thank you. Thank you. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> what an inspiring and fun chat, don't you think? Thank you, Zoravar, for providing a perfect guide for budding entrepreneurs and always keeping it real. More power to you as you continue to experiment and evolve the Indian cuisine and for putting it on the global food map for all the right reasons. So there you have it everyone, such a heartfelt and helpful chat with the warm and hospitable Zoravar Kavra. For all this and more, don't forget to follow up on my Instagram and Facebook Minakshi Kuwadikar for all the podcast related fun pics, videos and so much more. And feel free to email me anytime at empowerbymanakshi at gmail.com. Thank you for joining me and being such amazing listeners every week. And tune in every Friday at 5pm Indian Standard Time for an exciting new episode. Until then, you can always put your favorite ones on repeat. And last but never the least, as always, keep shining, keep smiling. Have a fantastic week everyone and don't forget to own it.